chapter fourteen of prince or chauffeur a story of newport by lawrence perry this librivox recording is in the public domain underground wires armitage was not obliged to wait however a tall well-built young woman heavily veiled came down the winding path as he shut off power when he leaned around to open the door of the tonneau she threw back her veil and he caught sight of a full dark handsome face and eyes filled with a curious light he slammed the door and turned quickly to the wheel what is your name my man the deep alto voice contained a note of mirth mccall replied armitage gruffly jerking his head a bit sidewise and then jerking it quickly back again you are not a very good driver came the voice but i should like to employ you would you consider leaving miss wellington armitage shook his head grouchily for a consideration come i won't use you as a chauffeur i want you for a statue in my japanese garden i armitage suddenly pointed the car toward the ocean and stopped then he turned in his seat look here sarah he said if you don't let up i'll run you into the ocean mrs van valkenburg was rocking with laughter oh jack jack she cried this is too rich what on earth are you up to armitage who had not seen her since they had attended school together in louisville paid no attention to her question i had no idea you were in newport i suppose i should expect more of one of my very oldest and best friends she said i was in the philippines when you married faint rumors of the event penetrated even there i was too prostrated to write besides i didn't receive any cards he paused a moment van valkenburg that's so i remember now he i'm a widow said sarah soberly oh he was silent not knowing what to say she hastened to relieve his embarrassment smiling brightly i was to go to see anne later in the week but when i saw you i simply couldn't wait another minute i wanted a front seat at this little comedy you see she raised her eyes knowingly i haven't asked you why you are here in the wellington livery and driving the wellington car because because i rather imagine i can guess the reason she glanced at armitage who did not reply fancy my missing this romance she went on laughing musically jack it's perfectly delightful it's more than delightful it's sublimely rich you you of all men come won't you confide in me i'll go on her eyes were brimming with laughter armitage frowned look here sarah you're on the wrong tack oh is it possible all right you needn't confide in me if you don't wish to all i ask is permission to view events and you can't withhold that you know but seriously jack can i be of any assistance i approve don't you know awfully and she's worth every bit of it but how are you going to win her in the guise of a chauffeur i always knew you possessed a large amount of self-confidence but allow me to inform you sir there are some things your natural qualifications can't overshadow come jack do strip off your motley and quarter as a naval officer you see i at least have kept track of you and a gentleman should i don't like this way i tell you you are wrong i can't say anything now but wait then you'll know and sarah please not a word as to whom i am promise me you'll keep still until i give you the word she smiled enigmatically 
don't you admire ann wellington come sarah promise this is a serious matter with me don't you she persisted of course i do he snapped she's a corker now promise i promise nothing i shall act as i think best for you armitage gazed at her thoughtfully for a moment you may trust me jack i may be able to help you i feel sure i shall i want to help you and anne armitage raised his hand warningly don't sarah please very well she smiled sweetly you may proceed to the crags mccall anne met her at the doorway and armitage took the car to the garage say said ryan there's some one been calling you up for the past hour armitage looked at the man excitedly who was it did he give his name no wouldn't give it he said he'd call up again though he there goes the bell now armitage took up the receiver is this you jack came the voice this is thornton say they've got yeasky where jack's voice was husky in boston did they find anything no they went through everything he hadn't a thing except a note signed vasili something and some austrian army data the family name of the man we're gunning for said armitage has he said anything nothing they have not told him what he was captured for either although i guess he knows they want your orders all right said armitage tell them to let him go provided he leaves boston by the first boat what turn him loose get shed of him it'll simplify matters i'm getting this thing in hand now push the thing through for me will you joe i'm busy as a pup here get bill rawlins on the long distance at the boston navy yard explain things to him and get him to help there's nothing to do just have him seen on board the boat that note was all i wanted have that sent to me now do it all nicely for me won't you old chap in a day or two we'll see the finish of the whole thing oh say have them hold those papers all right said thornton by the way we are going to torpedo the atlantic fleet tonight the battleships are on their way down from provincetown at last pshaw the one thing i wanted to be in on can't you get off and come along on the destang we shan't leave until eight o'clock we're going to try and do up the fleet off point jude come on like a good chap i'd like to i will if i can you bet i think i can work it now so long and don't forget to have that pole shunted out of the country on the jump i won't don't worry see you later then righto good-bye as armitage hung up the receiver the bell of the house phone jingled and armitage was summoned to bring out the car in a hurry when he arrived under the poor cochere prince koltsov was still talking to anne in a corner of the library it is very necessary he was saying the summons is important it is even possible i shall not return all night his agitation seemed momentarily increasing but prince koltsov said anne is it so very important i hardly know what to do i've arranged a box party for the vaudeville at freebody to-night it's distressing koltsov bowed and i you cannot suppose i view lightly being away from you to-night he shrugged his shoulders the rose-strewn paths are not always for diplomats you will know that better in good time perhaps but they are for that all the sweeter while we tread them he moved very close to her and she taking fire from his mood did not step backward looking him in the eyes pulling slightly at the front of her skirt in the very web of a mood which she felt bordered on surrender to the masculine personality of the man before her she admitted a thrill which she never before had recognized the blood mounted swiftly to her temples and she straightened 
and threw her head back with lips parted and hot his face came so close to hers that she felt his hot breath are you sorry for this afternoon he asked caressingly yes her voice was a half whisper his arms were raising to take her when the voice of sarah van valkenburg came to their ears with an effect very much like a cold stream upon a bar of white hot steel anne oh anne dearie did you know the car was waiting for prince koltsov she appeared in the doorway to find anne turning over a magazine and the prince adjusting his coat i beg pardon but you said prince koltsov was in a hurry i thought you didn't know the car had arrived we i didn't anne smiled thinly thank you they moved to the veranda where anne and sarah stood with arms intertwined i'm sorry so sorry cried koltsov as he climbed into the car as i say i shall possibly not return all night at all events au revoir he turned to anne and half raised his arm the trust he said she nodded and smiled have no fear prince koltsov she said good he glared toward armitage to town and fast he said as armitage nodded anne whose mood was past praying for called mischievously mccall always touch your hat when you receive an order and come right back please i shall want to go to town this time armitage made a faultless salute when they had gone anne walked to a settee drawing mrs van valkenburg by the arm and flung herself down laughing hysterically why what is the matter anne sarah gazed at her in amazement has anything she paused significantly happened anne drew her handkerchief across her eyes no she said not yet but oh sarah if you hadn't she stopped and gazed at her friend wide-eyed sarah she said is it possible i love prince koltsov no it is not replied sarah decidedly anne don't be a goose what is it tell me i cannot but yes i think it is it must be oh i wonder anne sarah for goodness sake let me alone a moment come she added throwing her arm about the young matron's waist let's talk about other things now come with me while i telephone and call off that stupid theatre party then we'll go to town exchange the tickets and then sarah let's have a regular bat alone you know one of our old ones i dare you done said mrs van valkenburg thankful to change the girl's mood while anne was telephoning and offering various explanations to various persons sarah sat thinking it had not taken her ten minutes to decide that she detested kolsoff and that anne was under a spell not easily to be broken if armitage had tried to break it if he were there for that purpose he had failed a long way of success he had chosen in any event a poor method of campaigning if he did not know what was good for him so much the worse she did and accordingly when anne had finished with the last of her list of prospective guests she said anne i've fallen quite in love with your new chauffeur i don't blame you one bit said anne carelessly he's a stunner but i don't believe he's a chauffeur by profession i happen to know he isn't you know he isn't how do you know tell me what he is then i don't believe i'll ever have any more curiosity about anything i've used it all on him he's a naval officer and a very promising one i believe he is john armitage and his father is united states senator armitage from kentucky they're really a very fine family one of the best in the state how did oh of course you were a kentuckian you don't mean to say you know him i know all his family very well why i've known jack armitage all my life she raised her eyebrows but anne promise you won't let on 
the full significance of the information imparted by her friend gradually rose to supremacy in anne's mind her eyes turned slowly to sarah's face well of all idiots i am the worst why i even placed him at annapolis and then let him turn me off and mother too that's a good one on her well what's his play i confess i am stumped his play sarah regarded her with a significant smile i wonder anne gazed at her a moment and then buried her face in her hands with a mock groan saints and ministers of grace defend us she exclaimed then girl-like they clung to each other and laughed and laughed aren't you flattered asked sarah at length flattered oh you mean about she grimaced sarah it's perfectly ridiculous and it isn't true the very idea the audacity don't tell me sarah there's something else but sarah caught the tentative note oh naturally she interposed you are far from being sufficiently attractive to draw an ardent young man into a romantic situation especially as you told me after you had written him a note virtually inviting him to try his luck sarah you are beastly forgive me dear but why not face facts well anne smiled resignedly mother mustn't know not until the play is over said sarah anne gazed moodily at her friend it soon will be i fear she said as for the unsuspecting armitage he burned the road smiling to think that underground wires were working for him as well as the prince he had no fear that if coltsoff had the control with him which armitage did not for a moment believe the vigilance of the express companies and of the postal authorities would be found wanting coltsoff spent half an hour in the telegraph office and then alighting from the car in Turo park bad armitage returned to the crags shall i call anywhere for you asked armitage pleasantly no replied coltsoff who stood on the sidewalk watching until the car disappeared End of chapter fourteen